Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Throughout life, God gives us tools to help spread the good news. Ultimately, these helps along the way help us to recall the times in our lives when God was present in a special way. Today, we learn about more of these memory prompts in this sermon from First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chan. But first, open your Bible to Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. Wow, when you hear that uh, passage, you realize following God is exciting, but at the same time, not easy. Not for us today, and neither was it for the Israelites thousands of years ago. Following God can cause anxiety and fear. It can be unsettling and challenging. It can cut to the very core of what we hold dearly, whether it's time or talent or resources or our our physical safety. Because following God stretches us, takes us beyond our comfort zone, our logic of thinking. And it means we have to risk and dare for the Lord. It also means we need to trust God, even when things get harder and not easier to obey Him. We just listened to Joshua chapter 4, where Joshua is leading the Israelites across the Jordan River. But before Joshua, Moses was their leader. Moses promised them that God would take them out of Egypt where they had been slaves for more than 400 years. Great news. Happy days are here again. But it was not an easy departure. The Egyptian pharaoh would not let them go. So God, generous, loving God, wanting to free his people, he sends 10 plagues to the land of Egypt in the hope that one of the 10 plagues in sequence would break Pharaoh's stubborn will. First plague, water everywhere turns into blood, making it undrinkable. Second plague, armies of frogs throughout the land. That's got to be bad news. And then clouds of gnats. And then swarms of flies. Then a plague at all of their livestock then boils on all people, then a a hailstorm, and then swarms of locusts, and then darkness with no sunlight, and then finally the death of firstborn children. It was only after that last plague that Pharaoh finally let the Israelites go. And so the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt began. God gave them a pillar of cloud to follow during the day and a pillar of fire at night. We remember this, where it says in Scripture, And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Now, you would think that the Israelites would have seen so many miracles that they would have the strongest, most firm faith in the world. They got to witness firsthand the ten plagues, the pillar of fire, the pillar of smoke, and the parting of the Red Sea. God is indeed great. The king always has one more move. But somehow, there was widespread memory loss among the Israelites of how God had delivered them in so many ways. Incredible that they would forget Now, there are two major water crossings for the Israelites. The first one at the Red Sea that I just described. 
The second one is with Joshua when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, which is our scripture passage for today. Both times, the Lord divided the waters to let his people go. But something is interesting about this second one. A raging river is before the people of Israel. They need to cross it. And God tells the priests to walk into the river with the Ark of the Covenant. And when the hem of their garments are wet, when they have risked and trusted him as they walk into a flooding river, then and only then will he stop the waters so all of Israel could walk through. But unlike the crossing of the Red Sea, the crossing of the Jordan River involved making a memorial from this river that God allowed them to pass through. God instructed them to take 12 stones from the River Jordan and create a memorial out of them. In essence, 12 stones of remembrance. And where were they taken from? Remember? Right in the middle of the river. Right where the people were most vulnerable if the waters came rushing back. Right there, they were to take 12 stones to remember the mighty work and miracle of God who pushed back the high tides of the Jordan River so that a million people could walk through on a dry riverbed. Now, most interesting. The first time they went through the Red Sea... They didn't make a remembrance. They sang a song, but no permanent remembrance. This time, God said, make a memorial of 12 stones, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel that was saved, and they now have a hope in a future. There's a part of our hearts that we're all like the Israelites. We forget God's goodness. We can forget the miracles that have happened in our lives. We can forget that the king always has one more move. That we should be strong and courageous, as Joshua 1.9 says. And, you know, we wear these wristbands with the scripture because we need the memory, the reminder. And often when God asks us to do something, we need faith. But on this river crossing, God tells Joshua to make a pile of big rocks as stones of remembrance of how God called the people into a miracle and how he demonstrated a miracle before their eyes. Only when the hem of their garments got wet would God know that they had the faith that God would do a miracle. It's only when we have faith and show our obedience to God will God show the miracle he has in store for us. So when God talks to us sometimes, we need to step out in faith in order to see what God does. A car in neutral doesn't move. Neither does a faith in neutral. God knows that we all need stones of remembrance to remind us of God's kindness and love for us. And there are times when we hear the wrongful voices in our heads, in our minds that says, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not handsome enough, you're not accomplished enough. Or the voice that says, you'll never amount to anything. Or worse yet, harm yourself, cut yourself, for you are of no worth or that God doesn't exist. And if he does exist, he's not gonna help you. It's at those times 
We might need a stone of remembrance that says, those are lies in my head. Those are not the words of loving Jesus. More like Satan. The odds may be against us, but Jesus has, as the king, he always has one more move. I need a stone of remembrance to remember that God loves me. He says I'm of great worth. I'm valuable. He loves me. Now, stones of remembrance come in many forms. They come as rituals and objects and as people. So let's walk through them. First one, rituals. Why do we celebrate Christmas and Easter or Advent or Lent? They're part of our rituals to remind us over and over again, against all of the static and the noise and the shopping, especially during Christmas in the world, that Jesus was born, died on a cross for us, raised again. He really is God. He's not just a good guy, a good man. Really God who walked here on earth. He loves us so much that he sacrificed his life for us. We celebrate Thanksgiving to remind us that we should be thankful for everything that we have. And I, I mean this most sincerely, that since we started this generosity journey, and I've been really been studying and delving into the generosity of God, and what does that mean? It has deeply, deeply changed my life. I see his generosity everywhere, and I want to be generous like our Lord. I feel closer to him in thanksgiving. And I, when I look over my life, when I look over all of the Bible, I am amazed how deeply generous God is with us. All of his grace and love and mercy is like way over the top. Jesus' um, sacrificial torture and death for us, way over the top. When I look at how God was so way over the top in kindness and in helping the Israelites, even though they whined so much and was so stingy in their faith in him, I'm just blown away. I want to have a generous character with everyone, always, at all times, with strangers, with friends, with relatives, and yes, with my faith community. I... I think of Catherine Scott, who led worship for the Life of the Spirit conference last week here at church. And I heard how a barista at Starbucks said she was his favorite customer because she was always so overflowing with gratitude to the barista when she would just order a coffee. I was thinking, I want to be that kind of person who is generous with courtesy and kindness and gratitude. And her ritual of going regularly to get coffee became a sign of God's love to a stranger, a barista. So rituals can be a stone of remembrance. Second one, objects. The choosing of the 12 stones from the Jordan River is clearly the precedent for this second point. I think objects are important ways to remember God's kindness, his love, his generosity and grace. 
I have many stones of remembrances, uh, stones of remembrance, so to speak, in my office. One, uh, if you can believe this, is a simple twig that I took off the grave of C.S. Lewis in England. C.S. Lewis was so instrumental in my faith as a young Christian through many of his books, Mere Christianity, The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, and his writings today are, are still so foundational to my understanding of Jesus. So I look at that twig and I remember God's goodness that C.S. Lewis taught me. Another stone of remembrance in my office is a fine bone china mug with a painting of the Australian bird called the kookaburra. Am I saying that right? Oh, thank you. I will always remember it as a sign of God's immense grace and deep, deep love. Why the mug? Years ago, on July 12, 2009, I preached on Robert Schuller's Hour of Power TV worship service, which at the time allegedly reached four million people around the world. I feel fortunate that God gets people to pay my way to different states and countries to preach or meet with leaders. But during my sermon, I felt I needed to say these few lines. And here were my exact words which I say again to this congregation, as well as to those who are watching on television. And these were the words. If it feels there is no purpose in your life, don't give up. You may have suicidal thoughts, but don't do it. God is saying to you, don't do it. I have a future and a hope for you if you don't give up. Little did I know that way off in Australia was a man who was about to kill himself. His wife had seen my sermon on television and knew that the station would be playing it again later that day. So she asked her husband, who's going through a deep, deep depression, to come home and see it with her. He watched it. It was a sermon about God's love called God Knows Your Name. He watched it and at that moment decided not to commit suicide. He said that if it were not for that sermon, he surely would have killed himself. After that show, he somehow got my email address from the Crystal Cathedral and wrote me to tell me his story. He was a Christian was going through a really tough, depressing time. But somehow that sermon got through to him and helped him and saved him. He rededicated his life to Christ, and we met each other when he visited Hawaii, and he gave me that kookaburra mug. And now I see him and his wife almost every year when they travel through Hawaii onto somewhere else. We always have a meal together and we continue to email and have become friends for the last 10 years. And every time I see that mug with that painted kookaburra on it, I think of him 
and God's amazing, generous grace and mercy to reach out to a man going through a tough time from thousands of miles away to his home on a TV set. And also how he used a short Asian guy to reach an Australian's heart to tell him that God loves him and has loved him from the day he was born. It reminds me that the king always has one more move if we can just hang in there. Other stones of remembrance, two of the greatest, in fact, are the cup and the bread that we see and partake during communion. So the challenge question for us all is what might be your objects of remembrance of God? And a final stone of remembrance in our lives can be people. There are people in my life who are living treasures. They are constant reminders of God's grace and wisdom and love. And when they suffered, when they went through pain, they remained so loyal to God that it buoyed up my face. I was so inspired. They were kind and they were loving and their wisdom reminds me of a loving God. Or I think of someone like Ken and Becky Jung, who have devoted their time and their talent and their resources to help orphans with special needs in China. And then there are those who have passed away. First Pres members who have become my stones of remembrance. I probably do about 10 funerals a year. And I've said to you that sometimes I think I always have this low-level grade of depression that stems from constant grief in losing so many friends who are part of this church. Their lives of faithfulness and joy are constant reminders of me, of God. When it comes to our raise the sails generosity journey that involves growing deeper in our walk with the Lord and the investing of resources to repair this building and to expand ministries, what keeps me going is that I want to repair the campus that they helped to buy and build. This was their house of faith. I want to continue their passion of reaching more people for Christ of helping the poor in this country and in other developing countries. First Pres members who have passed away are some of my stones of remembrance. And so in closing this sermon, I want to present pictures of First Pres members who have gone ahead of us and are now with the Lord. Members who have passed away since 2015 So that's in the last five years. And I wish I could show all the members and all of the regular attenders who have passed away these last 25 years that I've I've served here, but we would be here like all day and beyond if I did that. So I've chosen those who were officially members and were sworn in by our elders to become covenant partners with us. But may these wonderful saints of the last five years speak for all those who have come before them. They were veteran Christians, they were new Christians who loved Jesus and built this church. They have passed the baton to us. May we not forget them, nor those who have passed away before them. Indeed, they have all handed us a baton. 
May we not drop the baton, but continue the race. They have passed us the lines to raise our sails once again to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit for the next journey. They would want us to expand our ministry to reach even more in the world. They would want us to take care of this house, repair and refurbish it. We continue their legacy and ministry. We each have our own stones of remembrance. What are yours? Take the time this week to identify them. But don't forget the greatest living stone is Jesus Christ who loves you, he died for you, and he would do anything for you if you just ask and follow him. And know too that in following him that you are a valuable, precious stone, you yourself. For as the Bible says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, may this be a week, maybe more than others, where we truly have a good memory of all of the blessings you have given us. And Lord, we confess that we forget at times. So Lord, we pray that you might give us some stones of remembrance that we can always turn to, cling to, hold in our hearts, if not physically, that you are with us. For you tell us often to not be afraid, for you are with us. For, not, for us to not fear, for you are our God, and that you will help us, and that you will strengthen us. And so knowing that truth that we pray that we'll never forget, may the words on our lips always be, take our lives, Lord, and we want to dedicate them to the rest of your life. In Christ's name, amen. It's great worshiping with one another and remembering our brothers and sisters. And if you have any prayer concerns, right after my final blessing, uh, please come forward and our, and our prayer team will be in front of the choir risers and in front of the cross and they would love to pray with you whatever your issue might be and they'll hold it confidentially and bring it up to the Lord, whether it's healing or helping in, in some way. And now for all of you, I have a blessing, so please receive this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love and grace and mercy of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless. See you next week. We are called to remember everything that God has done for us. Think long and hard and you'll have a nice long list of rituals, objects, and people. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fbchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Join us at one of our worship services too, on campus at 45550 Kiona Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And if you need more, you can call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.